All right, welcome to this week's episode, everybody. Man, where to begin? It's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy week. It's been a fun week. It was a good weekend. Hope you're all having a good time wherever the heck you are. And this week's episode, I wanted to share a fun one. And I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited about, first of all, the fact that I realized that I use that terminology a lot. I'm pretty excited. I wonder how much that comes up in my normal conversations. You know, now that I'm recording and I'm so aware of the things that I are like go-to phrases, um, (laughs) I don't know how much I say certain things in real life, but man... I, I pick up on that for other people, but I've definitely never noticed uh, the certain key phrases that I, I kind of cling to, and I find it just so funny that uh, that we do that. I wonder why we do that. But anyway, uh, so why I'm pretty excited this week, <laughs> uh, we're talking about uh, encounters. Jesus is supernatural. There's supernatural ways of life, and... I had a fascinating conversation about aliens recently and um, hopefully having some alien experts on the podcast here soon and just to talk about it, you know, it's something that not everybody covers and especially in these Christian circles, you know, it's such a like, such a catch-22 because most uh, believers that I know completely dismiss the idea of aliens, and I don't know where I fall on that idea. I'm going to be totally real. I don't know if I think they're real or if I think they're not real. Um, I'm just fascinated by the conversation. And I think people could use some input from, you know, from outside uh, places, outside sources that they may not otherwise have access to. So, I'm excited to discuss that topic here on my podcast. I'm not going to make a theological stand on the matter. Feel free to believe what you want. Um, But I think it's a catch-22 because the idea of aliens, especially the modern idea, is that they might have made us. You know, like in place of God, it was aliens. and, And these beings from another planet have somehow infiltrated our DNA, gave us wildly different DNA than all the other animals on earth and thus bred human beings for whatever reason. And um, people might get offended at me saying this, but isn't that kind of like the Bible? I mean, if you think of it in humanistic terms, and again, you have to be open-minded, right? So I'm not saying... I'm not saying that obviously God's uh, not real. That's the, (laughs) hopefully you walk away from uh, every episode of my podcast thinking, wow, God is way more real than I thought he was, uh, rather than questioning your faith. But what I mean is like, God is not of this earth. The angels are not of this earth. Most of the spirits are not of or from the earth. So... In essence, from a human perspective, would that not make them alien? And I I understand the defense of like, well, you can't use that terminology because of 
this, that, and the other, but I don't know. I think it's interesting. You know, Superman's an alien, but he looks pretty human. You know, he saves the world time and again. Superman was an analogy uh, for Jesus. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure that was his original, the guy that came up with Superman, I, I think he's been quoted as saying such that uh, he based the character off of the story and life of Christ. So I don't think it would be too far of a jump to to draw the same conclusion and and think that people that don't know any better would come up with what their inner being, aware of their creator, is trying to explain the things that they don't understand using the same language that we all are born with, which is that a being beyond our comprehension, outside of space-time, non-human, created us, is deeply invested in us, visits us often, if not always, has been here way before we got here, and pretty much anything else uh, associated with aliens. Now, when it gets into the whole, like, uh, they're, you know, sticking things where they shouldn't, and, yeah, that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. UFOs, that's a whole different thing to me, you know. Um, are UFOs real? Or are they not real? I don't know. I don't know. Sure seems like there's a lot of military stuff, and it is odd that like 86% of UFO sightings are all in North America, but yeah, I don't know. On a different matter, though, we will get those alien people in here. On a different matter, I do want to talk about something that happened to me that kind of involves space, or at least flying, and uh, in a different method than an airplane. And it was an encounter that I'd had going back here several years, five, six years ago. In the physical, I was out in a trance. I had fallen out in a trance at some point in the night, and I don't, I don't quite remember, you know, right before what happened. I, you know, was it worship? Were we praying? Was I, all I know is I was in my normal spot at the Queen City House of Prayer in Springfield, Missouri, my face on the floor on a pillow. And at some point on that floor, I entered into a transient state. And I'd been praying for weeks into three specific things. There's three miracles that I believe that I'll, I'll get to see in my lifetime, not just uh, watch, but perform myself or, or be able to be a part of myself. And those three things, you know, when I, when I realized Jesus was real, God is real, the supernatural is real, the physical world just pales in comparison I thought, okay, well, I want to raise the dead. Jesus raised from the dead. He raised people from the dead. So obviously raising the dead is possible. The second thing was, man, I want to fly. Um, I'm aware that there's no, other than Ezekiel being um, thrown in the air by his hair with an angel, and uh, maybe you could argue Elijah on the chariot of fire ascending to heaven or Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Um, I suppose you could argue those involve flying, but directly we don't have an actual story of anybody flying biblically. Now the Catholics hold to 
a lot of saints, especially in the Dark Ages, uh, prior to the Dark Ages even, and in uh, post-Dark Ages, having flying-like experiences. And, and uh, St. Francis of Azizi, who is my favorite uh, Catholic saint by far, has been attributed with with such miracles. And so I want that. I wanted that. And um, I didn't know that at the time that, that there'd been anybody that done it. I just thought, well, he can do it. So I want to do that. That sounds fun. And it wasn't for any super evangelistic reason. I wasn't like, I'll fly around the world and tell everyone about Jesus. It was like, no, I just want to like, you know, step out a window and go to in and out or something. <laughs> nothing crazy. You know, I'm only human. And, um, the third was the ability to walk on water. Now, obviously Jesus and Peter have walked on water. There's a precedent for that. And I knew, okay, there's a precedent. I can do that. And I want that. And I have tried many, 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 many times to walk on water, many times to raise the dead, many times. Flying, I was a little hesitant about trying because to me, the only way to try would be to jump, and that seems risky and in, seems like testing God um, in a way, a little bit different than doing something that's not going to kill me, like trying to walk on a lake and getting my feet wet. It's not uh, doesn't require immediate action by the, the heavenly realm, and maybe you could argue that uh, that's a lack of faith, but I would say it's probably in higher level of good judgment, you know, because for whatever reason, we don't get to decide all the time when, when we're using the gifts of the Spirit or we're being used by the Spirit for certain things, and that's not something that uh, I want to guess at. I'd rather be fully aware that it was happening and can happen. and So I haven't I haven't tried that one quite as much. Now, I'd been praying for this for weeks, obviously, at this point, and so I'm laying in this trance on the floor, and out of nowhere, I I see myself, and it's like I'm watching myself in a mirror, and I suddenly am levitating off of the floor of the prayer house. And it, it kind of goes from like, I'm laid out levitating, into the air to then the, the camera angle, if you will, transitions to back to my body and I'm floating around and nobody can see me. I'm almost invisible. Or I mean, quite frankly, I'm completely invisible. Nobody can see me. So I slip out the door while everybody else in the prayer house is doing their thing. And I, you know, I'm like, it's time to, it's time to increase some altitude, right? Like, this is happening. I'm kind of freaking out. I'm like, no way. I'm levitating. This is awesome. Because again, it's transient. So everything that's happening to me is physically, I can feel it. I can feel it happening. I'm not, I'm not just watching it happen. I'm, I'm in that moment. I'm living it. And I, I leave the door and I'm, I begin to float higher and higher into the sky. I'm outside and I get up into the clouds and I can feel the wet, just the clouds as I pass through them, the cold and the icy feeling of passing through them. And I'm kind of like Peter panning through the sky, flipping around and trying tricks and just in amazement as I'm looking over 
the city of Springfield, Missouri, and I'm so engrossed with just the tree line as I pass over in the buildings and the houses and and I fly and I fly and I fly and I just keep going, man. And you know, I don't remember how long it was uh, in the trance, but let's say let's say 30, 45 minutes of flying. Maybe it was an hour. I, you know, I don't remember again. I'm so like, just, man, I'm just watching the earth go by underneath me. And I'm so amazed that this is happening. And I'm like, this is amazing that this is happening. And, and again, in the moment, I don't realize that I'm in a trance. Of course, you know, it, it seems completely real. It's like, okay, this is, this is happening in front of me. And, and I, I decided, well, it's time to, let's go back down to the ground and see what's going on. And so I, I kind of, you know, I lean forward and kind of like Superman flies, you know, I kind of like, I don't have one arm out. I got both arms out, but I'm like moving toward the ground. And as I get closer to the ground, I see a billboard and I see a highway and I'm above a city, like a a small city, really small city, uh, but one I don't recognize. And you know, I can't figure I'm that far away. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, what city is this? It's not Branson. And, uh, I'm like, there's no other really like big enough spots that I know of in Missouri, uh, close enough to where I am. So I think, okay, maybe I've crossed the border. Maybe I'm in Arkansas. Maybe I'm in Oklahoma, but it's too small to be Tulsa. So I'm like, okay, and I see as the billboard gets closer, I get closer to the billboard rather. Um, I read uh, Siloam Springs on this billboard, and it's some kind of advertisement for a lawyer in Siloam Springs. And so I'm reading the sign, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I guess I'm in Siloam Springs, which is a town in Arkansas. I've, you know, I've never, I've never been to. Uh, still to this day, I've never been to this uh, town. And I come down, and I land. Uh, well, I don't land. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm almost about to land. <laughs> and as I'm like maybe uh, 30, 40 feet in the air, um, I notice a prayer house. Um, and I don't remember now how I knew it was a prayer house, but uh, I believe there was a beacon of light kind of highlighting this prayer house to me. And that's how I was just drawn to it. And so I head towards this prayer house and and they're having, there's people there, they're having some kind of service. And I'm like, okay, it's time. Like, I got to go in, I got to see what's happening, you know? And again, at the Queen City, I'm invisible. So I think I I must be invisible to everyone right now. Nobody can see me. And so, um, as I get closer to the door, somebody walks in and just, so just as they walk in, I'm able to fly into the, through the door while it's still, uh, yet from closing. And I begin to hover around the room and they're in the middle of worship and it's beautiful and I can just feel the radiating love of God coming around the room and I'm flying around this room and man, I'm just awestruck at how beautiful the Lord is and how beautiful his people are and man, they're going deep and I can feel how deep they're going and as I fly around the room, I notice one of the ladies in the room can see me. And she begins to panic and she starts to yell and and then everybody looks up at me and they can all see me and I'm not invisible anymore. And I'm like, what the heck? They can see me and they're all panicking and freaking out. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm a friend. And I come down and 
and that's when I decide to land. I get down on the ground. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a friend. I, I just flew in and I'm just here to visit the Lord. And they're like, what? How could, how are you flying? They're all freaking out. How are you flying? I'm like, it was the Holy Spirit, man. Like he, he, you know, for whatever reason, gave me the power. I've been praying for it. You know, I'm expecting it's going to happen. So here I am. And I was led here and, and I just want to worship with y'all. And they were like, okay. And it took, takes a few minutes, but the band begins to play again. And I, I sit with them and I just begin to worship with the rest of this awesome little crew. And when we finish worshiping, we, you know, we're there for several hours. We finish worshiping and then the, the founder, as I'm leaving, I'm like, okay, guys, I got to, you know, I'm saying goodbyes. I got to leave. The founder and his wife come over to me and they're, you know, middle ages or, or, uh, early old age. And I remember he grabs me by the collar and he says, wait, 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 you can't, you can't, you can't leave yet. And I'm like, okay, okay. What, what is it? And he goes, when you meet Kira, you have to tell her, you have to tell Kira about the prayer house here. She has to come back to Siloam Springs. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, when you meet Kira, she has to come back to Siloam Springs. And he just keeps repeating it over and over and over again there. And, and he tells me that basically what's going to happen is him and his wife are about to step down and Kira and her husband are to take over the prayer house and they're going to be handed over the keys and there is a movement waiting for them to be a part of and to lead. And so I, you know, I'm like, okay. And I take that information with me and I, I fly out of the prayer house and I fly back to Queen City and I fly back into the prayer house that I know and, and re-enter my body and boom, I'm awake and I'm back on the floor and, you know. Who knows how much time passed? Let's say 20, 30 minutes max. And everybody else is in the same spot or, you know, or similar spots to what they were when I left. A couple of people have, have gone now. And I'm like, wow, that was amazing. The Lord let me fly. And I'm a little bit disappointed because I'm like, ah, if only that wasn't a vision. If only that had really happened, you know? So funny. So that happened to me, and I, I had told um, one friend about it, and uh, the, like a couple days later, or the next day, I mentioned it to him in, in passing, and he said he'd pray into it, but he didn't, he didn't feel anything, and didn't really know if it meant anything, quite frankly. And so I, I just kind of, uh, to say that I carried it would be wrong. I kind of, I carried the, the fact that I got to fly, but I kind of just shelved the message. You know, I didn't think a whole lot about that. I thought, well, I don't know this couple. I don't know who they are. And I don't know anybody in Salem Springs. So it's probably not prophetic. And so I kind of like, I shelved it, you know, and years go by, right? So I finished my time in Springfield. So this is in um, late 2017 or early 2018. I have this encounter and Fast forward, we're in 2020. So two, maybe three years. No, I'm sorry, 21, 2021. Two, maybe three years have gone by 
and um, <laughs> a normal day of school. I'm leaving. Now, again, it's still COVID, so we're under these stupid tents that everybody has a love-hate relationship with. And I'm at Bethel Main Campus in the parking lot. And I'm leaving for the day, and I'm about to go get in my car, but I keep thinking of my friend Elena. And I'm like, man, Elena is here. I haven't seen her in a few days. I should say hi. I don't know where she is, but I can't find her, you know. And I'm uh, at that point, you know, it's, you know, everybody, you're going to see everybody eventually. So why make, you know, too much effort? But she pops into my head a couple times and I'm like, ah, okay, if I see her, I'll say hi. Well, sure enough, right before I get to my car, there she is. She's right in front of me. And so I kind of yell at her. I'm like, hey, Elena wait up. And, and she comes over and she's like, Hey, how's it going? I'm like, good. How are you? You know, I'm like, I'm like, that's so cool. I was just thinking like, I should say hi to Elena and there you are, you know, and nothing really crazy, just really simple. And so she's like, well, I'm in a hurry. I got to go to this meeting. Um, but it's good to see you. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, meeting, you know, anything exciting? She's like, no, well maybe, you know, and she tells me that basically what, what is happening is she's going to meet this couple. She's like, I, uh, my friend Kim met this crazy couple this morning here, uh, top of the hill at the prayer house, and they have this wild marriage story. And so I'm going to go meet with them. And, uh, you know, at theory with Kim and them, and then just hear their story, maybe have them pray over me. And, uh, and that's it, you know, and I'm like, for whatever reason, I ask her, I'm like, where are they from? You know, and she goes, oh, they're from, they're from Arkansas, I think. And I'm like, oh, Arkansas, I love Arkansas. You know, like, that's awesome. And then the funniest thing happens as we're walking away. I remember my encounter in Salem Springs. Haven't thought of it in years. And so I jokingly say to her, without feeling the Lord, I didn't think it was a moment. I just jokingly turned around and I said, well, if the wife's name is Kira, tell her I have a message for her. And she goes, yeah, that is her name. And I'm like, oh, wait, really? Okay, well, tell her to move to Salem Springs and start a prayer, prayer house, you know. <laughs> and I, I keep walking because I'm like, I don't feel the Lord. I don't feel an, a push to, like, continue this. I'm just like, you know, whatever. I, I'm joking is really what I'm doing, you know. And she goes, you got to come with me. And I'm like, no. And she's like, yes, you got to come with me. You just, you knew her name, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I don't, no, I don't feel the Lord on it. I'm going to go home. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, no worries. So I, I go home and I get a text message maybe 15 minutes later, you know, and I've been, I just walked in the door and it's Kim. And Kim says, dude, Elena just told me blah, 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 you have got to come here because when they showed up, they said, oh, we were expecting you to have one more. Like we felt the Lord highlighting another one here at the meeting. And I'm like, okay, well, let me ask, you know, and I pray, I don't feel anything. I don't sense anything. I don't hear a, you got to go. You know, there's nothing, there is nothing pushing me other than Kim wants me to be there. And and they had this feeling of there was going to be three people rather than two. And so I say, well, I don't feel the Lord on it, you know. So she goes, no, you have to come. You have to come. And I'm like, I, I can't. I don't feel the Lord telling me to do that. So I'm not going to do it. 
But I said, but if after the meeting they return to your house for dessert or for dinner, I will come over and meet with them. And if I feel like the word that I have is for them, I'll give it to them. So about an hour, two hours later, I get a phone call from Elena on her way over to Kim's house. And she's like, hey, they're coming. They're coming over. They're having dinner, blah, blah, blah. You've, you've got to come. You said you'd come now. They're on their way. And I'm like, well, I'm a man of my word. Okay. I'm on my way. I'll be there. You know, I'll be there soon. I'll leave in a few minutes. So I, you know, I get my stuff ready. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm going to go meet these two random people. And maybe I have a word for them. Maybe I don't. And if not, worst case scenario, I can share a fun story. So I get to her house and I walk in and and I meet them and they have this beautiful, beautiful marriage story. They've only been married a few weeks and the Lord had highlighted him to her at some, you know, crazy worship meeting and her to him and told them both, this is your wife, this is your husband. And and then they eloped immediately. Um, This is not marriage advice to you single people, but hey. You know, I can't say I wouldn't do the exact same if if I had the same encounter. So, um, <laughs> God bless them. That's awesome. But so they tell me this great story, and they go. Um, I start talking to the husband a little bit more, and and I'm like, okay, so tell me, like, what's your story? What's her story? Like, you know, what? You know, give me the give me the details. You know, what what part of Arkansas? And they're like, well, we're from Salem Springs. I'm like. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Okay. I'm like, that's cool. I've never been to Asylum Springs other than I had an encounter there once, but that's another story. And they're like, oh, tell us that. And I'm like, no, no, no. Let's wait. I want to hear, why are you guys in Reading? Why are you at Bethel? What brought you here? So they tell me that they're on their honeymoon and that they've decided for their honeymoon, the Lord told them that they should drive to Bethel. And they should stop at a few uh, spots along the way. And they would basically, their honeymoon is a road trip of different Holy Spirit areas around the country. And it, it culminated in Reading at Bethel, where the Lord was going to reveal to them what they were to do next. What's next for them? And Kira had shared, you know, began to share her personal story and how she had been a part of a ministry in Salem Springs, Arkansas when she was in college, but she hadn't been a part of it in years. And her dream had always been to return, but she hadn't felt any invitation, any open doors. And when they got to Bethel and they got to the prayer house, they ran into a, um, they ran into Kim. Now the other caveat is before they got to Reading, the Lord had told them that they would be like Abraham and Sarah, and that when they got to Reading, he would show them their Isaac. And so as they tell me this story, they say that, Lord would show us our Isaac. <laughs> I just start laughing. I'm like, okay, God, I'm, I'm not going to continue to ignore the moment. So I'm like, all right, guys, I well, I can now officially say I believe the Lord is in this moment. And I have something to tell you. And I began to tell them about my encounter and what had happened to me. And shared it, you know, with with as many details as I could and told them exactly where I remembered the prayer house being and 
uh, a lot more eloquently than I probably even shared here in the podcast, but it was so funny. And I got to leave thinking, wow, you know, they got wrecked. Kim and Elena obviously, you know, had a great time. They loved being a part of that. And um, I know they had a great meeting and, and so many other aspects. And I think it was just fun for them to hear the stories and, and get to be a part of that wild, like connection that, you know, domino effect of God moving mountains to give an Abraham and Sarah a literal word about their destiny from a man named Isaac. And I just laughed all the way home thinking about how just intricate the entire event was. For me, having what I thought was a one-off fun encounter based entirely on my desire to fly that culminated in a three-year prophetic word that I got to release to two people thousands of miles away to two people that were waiting for their Isaac, I got to be their Isaac and give them their Isaac. <laughs> wow. Not quite alien, huh? Jesus is supernatural, man. He's supernatural. What's up, party people? Thanks for listening to the Jesus is Supernatural podcast. This podcast was edited and produced by Nikeo Productions. To check out other shows by Nikeo, just search Nikeo Productions wherever you listen to podcasts.